one. The moment of truth has arrived. We got through earnings season. Analysts are not doing much, but it's all about the CPI and the PPI on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll put Quad Witch on Friday on the back burner for now. Who better than Blue Putnam to come on at 8.15 and discuss, discuss the inflation data? It's Wednesday, CPI day. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. We have a choppy, let's just call it flat uh, pre-market session here. We've been up, we've been down. We're basically down a point at 45.12.75. The buck trying to bust through that 105 area, daily, weekly, monthly resistance there. We'll see if the CPI data has anything to do with the next move in the dollar. Bonds down over a half a point, 118 and 27 30 seconds crude relentless move higher that makes me a little worried about the cpi and ppi data up 46 cents at 89.30 gold working its way back towards uh 1900 down a buck 30 at 1933.80 silver in the red as well much more on a percentage basis down nearly 23 cents at 23.17 bitcoin futures are up 150 bucks at 26,275 but we got a couple big stories here triple d uh i guess the airlines are a big story we can do a little bit uh review from yesterday the app yeah. in oracle just got absolutely decimated there how did you end up on that that long i know it had a little pop during the pre-market uh but boy oh boy they oh, i lost on it <laughs> of course i lost on it. how did i end up it never went up, Joel. Yeah, it popped a little bit in the pre-market, but it went straight down from the open. So wow, a, a it has been a very difficult. Uh, what I would say is this has been a very difficult, I would say, six weeks of trading, really, for me. Um, I posted my August returns. They were definitely below average. This month, still below average. And what it is, like, it's just a random block, it feels like. And we haven't talked about this, where you've got, I look at right now, it's a Christmas tree. Half stocks up, half stocks down. Again, we're flat on the day. But a lot of times you see us down on the S&P, but then you got some stocks higher. The rotations are wicked. And if you get on the right side of the rotation, you're going to have a good day. You get on the wrong side of the rotation, you're in trouble. But I'm even seeing rotation within sectors. Like a lot of days you're seeing Tesla having a good day, but Apple not having a good day, but Meta's having a good day, but Amazon's not having a good day. It's a very weird market right now, and it's a random walk. And what do we mean by random walk? If you look at the theory, it's from behavioral finance, that stocks just walk in a random pattern, and you cannot predict anything. We know that isn't true. I wouldn't be in business for 23 years, but there are moments in time and moments through my 23-year career where stocks are more random, and I feel like we're in this random walk right now. And that makes a difficult trading environment. Nothing is harder than you know when nothing is working. And right now, it feels like a lot of core strategies are just not working that well. That doesn't mean they're not going to start working again, but it just means like a lot of randomness to this market. Yeah, and adaptation, you know, to that. And I, I think the, the market is just kind of doesn't know what the heck to do, right? Do we have... Do we have inflation in check? We'll find more out in 25 minutes. Are we going into recession, which people have talked about for a long time? I mean, you know, some of these value stocks, you know, trading at just outrageous, you know, uh, PEs. Is that is that justified? Uh, but a lot of lot of stuff to digest here, and um, perhaps we'll get some more clarity uh, at uh, 8:30. They're expecting a little bit of a uh, an increase, but can't wait to see what Blue has to say about that. Let's bring in uh, uh, Money Mitch here with the headlines on the day. Do we want to do a little review? Uh, we already talked about the Oracle. That thing got smashed. They just barely that trade, missed. Yeah, the trade didn't yeah. work out well. 
Yeah. I sold okay. it. I sold it shortly after the open. You could see it. I was hoping for like the opening flush and then the pop and it just wasn't to come. So I got rid of it because it wasn't working. What do you do when your trade's not working? You get rid of it. You know, you don't hold on to them because obviously those trades can really hurt you, especially when you're trading an earnings stock that could really get ugly and it continued to leak. So I think I sold, I think I sold in the 112s. Um, I picked it up earlier there. Maybe it might have even been earlier in the 113s. I, I got out fairly well, but I still, I took a hit on it. I lost, I lost, I lost some money on it. Don't get yourself. I know there was just a little pop around 9 a.m. And that's what I was looking yeah, at. Yeah, no, I, no, was, I never was, really got it, out of it. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I had it in my head that the thing was going to bounce because you had the FOMO in there and this was one of the leaders and it was overdone. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, things just don't work out. So sometimes you're, whatever your, you know, your reasoning, whatever your bias, whatever, you know, your, your reason for getting in is sometimes you're wrong. So I was wrong. But right, then we had Apple, and and so far so good on my Apple bet with you here, Joel. I mean that one really. Yeah, yeah. I Even mean, I, you talked me into it. You talked me into it. I took a. We got a, took, I mean, we a long yeah. way. Through, One sixty versus two hundred. This bet's going to last for a while here. We're going to so. need the market. We're going to need the market. We're going to need a soft. You know. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm kind of like you talk about. Um, you know, the market and the direction and the randomness. Like I, you know, of course, you know, being out a few days, you don't, you know, you, you lose a feel for the market, but we're just like, we, we pulled back off the high, but is it enough that this is a great dip to step, like step in right here and buy the dip? No, not really. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. You guys were just talking. I just uh, uh, so bearish yesterday. You had to go bullish. I just had to be a contrarian. I'm sorry. I just I, I took a contrarian way. I just I like you know. And now it just real quick, Mitch. We'll bring you in after this. But man, I don't know what's going on with GM and Ford and the big strike. But I mean, these stocks are moving up. They're moving higher here. There's hope. Yeah, there's hope. It's not a matter of what's going on. We all know what's going on. The talks improved yesterday. UAW came down, Ford GM came up. They said that they, they said all day that they're talking all day and talks are actually going pretty well right now. So there's no doubt why they bounced. I mean, the headline. Again, if you don't follow headlines, if you're just sitting here technically and you completely ignore headlines, you miss so many moves, man. So many moves. It's the worst. If you were a long-term <laughs> investor, sure, would do whatever. You know, buy, average in. I've given this rant before, but it's deserved here right now. If you're a long-term investor, you know, you just you can ignore headlines. You're buying good companies with reasonable valuations. That's what you're doing. If you're a short-term trader and you are listening to people who tell you to ignore headlines, stop listening to them. Because the reason GM and Ford were up yesterday is because the talks were going well. That's why. Now, that doesn't mean there's going to be a deal, but there's hope. There's hope. Headlines move stocks. If you are a day trader, you trade movement. Why are you ignoring headlines? Don't ignore headlines. <laughs> Let's get to the aviation industry. The airline oh. Spirit Airlines has revised their Q3 revenue forecast. They now expect revenue to be in the range of $1.245 billion to $1.255 billion, down from their previous estimates of $1.3 and $1.32 billion. Additionally, Spirit Airlines has adjusted their operating margin outlook to be between 14.5% and 15.5% compared to the previous guidance of 5.5 and 7.5. American Airlines, of course, has also made the headlines as the company now has significantly revised their Q3 adjusted earnings per share guidance. They now anticipate EPS to be in the range of 20 cents to 30 cents down from their earlier projection of 85 to 95 cents. Um, okay, multiple things. One, my headline rant completely applies here. Don't ignore headlines. <laughs> Why are the airlines? Just... Well, there was a shoulder. They were leaking. They were drifting <laughs> down, you know, so that's why they're down here today. They're down purely on technical reasons. No, they're down because of cut guidance. American Airlines is down because of cut guidance. Now, again, here's another rant for you is... This market, I've been arguing for a while, prices in nothing. It has blinders on, just doesn't look at anything. I mean, what the hell? So they cut guidance because of fuel costs. Did we in any world, any possible world, think that fuel costs hadn't gone up? 
I'm I'm at the pumps. I'm looking at it. I would think a lot of the you know the sell off recently, uh-huh. the five point sell off would have had most of that baked in. But no, we have to sell it off further, further because oh my gosh, they cut guidance because of fuel costs. Well, this is just so much obvious that I honestly think you could actually bottom here today on this. So exactly, that's a that's where I I think about it also because one of the things is it's already been going down because of oil. It's priced in. Like Yeah, we, exactly. This that's is why, why it's been going down for the last 2 months. <laughs> that's exactly. So now why. we hammer it another 4% because the algos don't think about that. They just see cut guidance and they just sell. Yeah. But I you know, maybe this market doesn't get it. Maybe this market will continue to sell these off. But I think a lot of this is priced in. I think this is why I was buying it. And I was very early. And me and Money Mitch were both very early. We were buying this earlier in the oh. 15s. It's now in the 13s. I'm long in the long-term portfolio, half-size position, and kind of thinking I should double my position here today. But I probably won't because um, I just don't like adding to losers. But I honestly think like this why is not, like man? news that we've been going down on for the last two months. Also, since earnings, Delta's been going down. You know, we talk about earnings keys and earnings reversals. Right here on this day with this red candle, and I talked about this all through the earnings season, that if there was one chart that concerned me, it was the stock that reported, you know, the first one used to be Alcoa, but that was it. I guarantee you that was on earnings day here. It's been leaking. Let's just save has a tough candle here because look what it did on Monday. It announced a deal on Monday. So this one is an absolute no man's land. I don't think you're going to get it under 16 bucks. That was Monday's low. So I think we'll just right here. We got Sublin nibbling at the 1650 area, but that's it. They're just nibbling 60,000 shares. Of course, we'll be using the close. So, you know, you get a you get a, a, a decent day and a stock, then a bad day, then bad news. People are going to be looking at that mark from Tuesday. That's going to be a good level moving forward. That was a 1720 close in Save Spirit Airlines. And Eldon in the chat saying that he got out of AAL and maybe gets back in when he gets back to 14. And you always got to know oh, your pain spots, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. You got to know your pain spots, right? What's too much pain here? So, um, hey, I'll keep watch on AAL. I still got it in the swing trade account. Uh, Dennis still got it. We'll see what happens. I got it in the long term account, though. So, I I don't have it on for a trade. I put it in the long term account. I need to stop trading my long term investments. Um, I was definitely early. I definitely thought the sell off was because of fuel prices. Um, I thought when it went from 19 to 15 and a half, I was like, wow, a lot of that's baked in. Apparently not because they've continued to sell it off. Fuel prices have continued to go up too, which doesn't help. I mean, perfect inverse correlation. Know your relationships. XLE straight up. You know, USO. You yeah, want big to just look move at it. They're straight up for two months. Airlines straight down for two months. That inverse correlation between airlines and oils is real again. Can we get back to 90 and will that bring inflation, right? I think there's uh, someone in the back that we can talk about all this, uh, especially inflation outlooks. CPI coming soon, guys. What do you guys think? Is it going to come in hot, chat? I'm going to throw up a poll while we go into our interview. But let's go ahead. Let's get to our guest today. It's our it's, – it's not even my boy, Blue. It's our guy, Blue. Let's go ahead. Let's get to the action. Best intro. <laughs> hey, Blue, oh, thanks, uh, uh, Blue Putnam. He's uh, the chief economist over at the CME. And uh, you're in the Windy City today, right? Uh, uh, for I the, am. For, for the big jobs number. Well, let's get right to it. Uh, you know, what are you looking for in, uh, you know, the year over year? And, um it's two percent. Are we ever going to get to two percent? I've been saying forever we're not getting to two percent. How are we looking today? What what are your uh, what are your forecasts for today's CPI? Well, you know, I I'm thinking we're going to get a confusing number. Um, you know, economists are pretty sure, which is always dangerous, that the headline number is going up. So the year over year number bounces toward four, and then you look at the core, and the core is pretty stable, maybe even down a couple of ticks. And then, of course, uh, you're going to have to look at the monthly numbers. Now, this is going to tax some of you guys. You're going to have to learn how to multiply by 12. Oh, so yes. So if it's 0.2, the annual rate's 2.4. And actually, if you add a little compounding, say two and a half. 
two and a half is still above the Fed's target, but it's definitely close enough for the Fed. Now, if it's 0.3, hey, now you do your 12. Now you're at 3.6. You're headed toward four. That's not so good. Uh, and the unfortunate thing is that this 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3 stuff is actually kind of volatile. And they're rounding it off. Uh, so, you know, but I do think this number will be passive enough that the Fed can can stay on pause for, a, you know, their, their September meeting. How despite much the is, confusion. How much of higher fuel prices is going to be in here, Blue? Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, we, we've seen oil spike for two months here. Um, and we know that's a big reason probably why it's predicted to tick higher here because of fuel prices. But I mean, this is the boogeyman. I mean, we've got two, two airlines cutting guidance today because of fuel costs here. This is a tax on the U.S. economy here. And obviously, this is, and, and this is going to impact the number here today. How much of this is in? Well, there are two, there are two things on the headline number. One is the fuel costs going up and uh, gasoline, things like that. And then the other one is the back end. What happened uh, a year ago? It's just a tough comparison. So you got both of those things going on. Fuel costs, however, are not in the core. And the core is, of course, what the Fed uh, is trying to watch. So, uh, you know, the, the Federal Reserve doesn't heat their home. They don't drive to work. They don't eat, you know, no food or energy. Um, but the thing is that energy prices do feed into the core with a lag because all of those service industries and transport and, you know, you're moving goods around in packages, you're going to pay those costs. You just don't pay them the month that shows up. So uh, I'm not a fan of separating core and headline as much as the Fed does um, because it does seep in, but it seeps in over time. Um, but at least for this month, the, the core should be relatively muted and the headline is the one that takes the hit. So you're saying the difference between 0.2 and 0.3, obviously if you extrapolate that out over a 12 month period, you know, that would have you headed for the hills like 0.3 or 0.4, right? What what would be like that number be like, oh, man, like we had a really good run fighting inflation. But, man, the Fed, you know, they're going to have to go in September. They have to go in December. Is, is there a, a, a number or do they just fine tune it enough where you really can't get that that great of indication from one monthly number? I don't think you can get that great indication on one number. When you're looking at month over month numbers, you really need three or four months. So you're averaging that. Uh, so even if you got a tick up 0.3 or even a 0.4, your average is not going to be too bad on the month over month. So, you know, I don't think it would be exceedingly surprising to have a, a number that would push the Fed to do something different. By the way, the Fed's not just looking at this number. Uh, you know, we have a, a potential government shutdown looming uh, September 30th. We're not going to have the, the congressional funding bills passed. That doesn't mean we can't kick the can down the road. But, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of people on uh, both sides of the aisle that wouldn't wouldn't mind uh, a little disruption here because they think it's to their political advantage. That's kind of a sad statement, but that's where we are. Um but government shutdowns are nothing like debt defaults. Uh, a shutdown, you, you put a million people, furloughed workers, uh, they don't get paid while they're on furlough. Um, they get paid all their back pay when they come back. So, you know, all these, if these government workers do get uh, shut down, it's about a million non-essential workers. They're just going to fix up their home. So, you know, you might take a look at a Lowe's and Home Depot here if this happens. But we don't even know if it's going to happen. It's, you know, it's 50-50. But the Fed's going to be thinking about that. And the Fed's, you know, you guys were talking about the UAW. The, you know, that's not settled yet. You know, at, uh, I guess it's 11 p.m. somewhere on a Thursday night. And they could kick that down the road or they could decide to strike just one or two factories and, you know, so we the Fed has a lot of other things that it's got to consider. And all of these other things basically say, let's pause and think about it again in November. Yeah, I wanted to come in here and ask about wage inflation and how that's influencing the central bank's decision moving forward here. Wage inflation is a tough one because the wage numbers 
are weighted by the number of workers in each group, okay? And we are adding more service workers, particularly in the hospitality industries, and we're losing workers uh, in Wall Street and some tech jobs. So we're losing some high paid workers and we're gaining a lot of lower paid workers. That keeps the year over year wage number and the month to month a little lower and you shouldn't get too sucked in by that. But right now, I don't think wages are at the top of the Fed's list. It's in a zone where it's okay. Um, you know, and then if you look at the labor market, that's starting to show signs of getting back to a more typical number. So, you know, the, the Fed's got some room to uh, relax for uh, a, a meeting or two. CPI versus PPI, right? You get the headline number today with the CPI. That seems to be the more dominant one. Uh, do you see? Do you see it that way, or that, you know, do you uh, put equal importance to the two numbers? Oh, I give the uh, CPI ninety-five percent weight and the PPI five percent. And the reason for that, you know, I follow the Fed. If the Fed cared about the PPI, I would care about the PPI, but I don't think they do. Uh, not that they don't watch it, they watch every number, but uh, the PPI feeds into the CPI in a, a long lag, it's not clear. They don't correlate as much as you might think. Um, so I don't think the PPI is much of a, it's, it's a small news event, but I don't think it'll impact the Fed. Today is the number. All right, let's do a little scenario outlook here, Blue. What would we expect? Let's say we come in hot. What are you thinking here? Let's say even 4.0 up on the year-over-year -year outlook. And then we could also take a look at the light outlook, right? Inflation is expected to boost a little bit, 0.2, month-over-month, uh, month, uh, and that's uh, the core. Uh, overall, month-over-month, month, a 0.6 increase. What if we come in light there? What are you? What is your scenario outlook here, Blue? Well, if... Okay, so I really think the market's going to focus on the month-over-month -month core number. Okay. I think that's way more important than, you know, it's fun to talk about the headline because we've got 2020 eyesight back and we know some things about it. But the month-over-month -month core is what the Fed's looking at. That's what the market's going to look at. So if that comes in at point one, that's, that's, that's risk on. You know, okay. that's rally time. If it comes in at point two, nobody cares. If it comes in at point three, uh, point four, that's uh, you got to you got to sell your equities. So those are the kind. Now, point four is not very likely at all. Possible, but not likely. Um, these numbers really bounce only about a tenth, one way or the other. So point two, point three, point one is kind of your scenario. If it's out of that range, it's a surprise, and then you would get a bigger impact on markets. I think this all leads to like a, a, a bigger scenario here. And that, and that scenario is, you know, has the Fed done enough? Have they done too much? Where are you? And we've kind of been on the same page with this, like, like the eyeball test. Like, are we going into a recession? Has the Fed done too much? Have they pushed the consumer too far? Uh, and, you, you know, you see different indications uh, going uh, both ways. So and that's the other thing is why it's hard to totally get on the bear train in this market, because the Fed has so many bullets in its chamber. Right. Like you think with the way they took rates up, the house is sitting there and say, yeah, I took rates up this much. The market's at 4,500. We're having a great year. No signs of recession. Where are you at on the whole recession outlook? Let's see if we can take this one apart a little bit. The Fed's definitely in restrictive territory. The yield curve's inverted. The Fed funds rate is above the core inflation rate. It's above prevailing inflation expectations. Many people, if they look down four or five years, they're talking 3%. We're, you know, we're five plus on interest rates. So we're in restrictive territory. Um, now, the second point here, so the Fed doesn't really have to do any more. That's that. Second point is the U.S. economy is not a stereo system. You cannot turn the knob on interest rates and get the inflation rate you want. It does not work like that. And the fact that they're arguing about a quarter of a point, it's a little bit disconcerting to analysts like me because it doesn't make any difference. They've moved rates up really fast. They've got them above 5%. They're above the core inflation rate. The yield curve's inverted. That's all I need to know. We're in restrictive territory. 
Now, your third point, I know on the long run, you didn't just mention this, but we, we, you know, we don't really believe we're going down to 2%. We think we're going to go down only to 3%. So inside the Fed, they will not tolerate any argument about the 2% target. But outside the Fed, we're all talking about it because, you know, the difference between 2 and 3% is really not all that big. And uh, would you really want to send the economy into a recession for a, a 1% difference on something that's kind of ambiguous to begin with? Uh, and I think that'll be an interesting debate inside the Fed. Uh, but they've locked on to that 2% as part of their credibility. Uh, so, you know, we're not going to change that for the next couple of meetings for sure. Probably not until, sorry, 2026. That's when Jay Powell's term runs out. Uh, so anyway, those are my kind of three points on, on your, uh, you know, where we're going with this. Three excellent points there coming from Blue Putnam, Managing Director and Chief Economist over there at the CME Group. Blue, now I know I only took one economics class in college, pass fail, because I got you explaining everything to me. I, I, I really appreciate it, Blue. You put things in a in a great perspective. We're going to get set for this number. We're going to be dialing you up real, real soon. Blue Putnam in Chicago, the Windy City, Managing Director over at the CME Group. Thank you, Joel, very much. Thanks. Thanks, Blue. Thanks, Blue. All right. Dennis, any to quick comments? Uh, yeah, Dennis, any quick comments there from Blue? I know you're locked in and loaded here, but yeah. uh, obviously, you know, you, you get concerned if this number comes in hot. You know, yeah. this is all, you know, it's all about this number here. So again, I'm I'm going wide here. I'm not going to sit here and try to be a hero and try to predict this number in advance. We know oil <laughs> is ticked up. We know there is some issues here. We know there's you know real inflation here in certain pockets still. But, you know, let's see the number. So if it, if it comes in light, let's away we it. go. So these CPI numbers, move these markets. All right. And uh, just to kind of point to what like came up last uh, on the last report, we got a lot of inflation coming in from food. Uh, shelter was by far the largest contributor to monthly all items increase. So I'm going to keep an eye out on shelter. Last time it was at 0.4. Will it come down? I'm going to take a look at that outlook. Of course, rent has been sticky out there. And we've seen the mortgages uh, even just this morning, right? Uh, you guys can see them. They're going higher. They're not going lower. So I don't expect to see uh, a downtick there in shelter. I expect to see an up uh, uptick in energy. And that's where, of course, that's where we're all going to be kind of paying attention to. Because if we get a spike there, that could definitely raise it higher. Um, we'll see about new vehicles also in used cars. Will those spike higher? We'll find out in just about a minute. All right. All the right. outlook here for year over year outlook is 3.6 prior being 3.2. Month over month is 0.6 increase versus a 0.2 prior. And then when we look at core, core is going to be a 0.2 increase. Of course, core excludes food and energy. And then year over year outlook at 4.3. What are you seeing right now, Joel? All right, we're just bouncing around unchanged. Ooh, it looks like uh, hot, 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 hot. It came in hot. We dipped under 4,500. Uh, don't like the headline number, whatever it is, but uh, looks like it's hot. Looks like the Fed has some more uh, more work to do here. At least the sellers are coming in. Uh, we did take out the pre-market low. The bulls is trying to step up here at 4,500. Right. They're not. They're not. We got a hot number here, folks. Year over year coming in at 3.7 versus 3.6 estimate. Month over month, 0.3 versus 0.2. And that's for the core. Um, so core going higher. That's not a good outlook there. Let's take a look at the regular outlook here. Month over month, 0.6 versus 0.6 estimate. That's coming in line. Core year over year at 4.3 versus 4.3. So where we saw a slight uptick is in U.S. core month over month at 0.3. And year-over-year year outlook overall at 3.7 versus 3.6. And, of course, the core includes ener uh, excludes energy and food. So seeing that spike up, probably not a good thing here. I'm going to look into the report. What are you seeing on the price action, Joel? Ah, they hate it. They absolutely hate the numbers so far. Uh, there was no really uh, move up. I, who spiked it to 40? Near the high of the session, I don't know, right before the number. 
Uh, we are now under 4,500. I wish I could tell you, um, you know, I wish I could tell you that it was like, you know, good support in this area, but it, there's not. The only number I'm going to be focusing on today and also for the rest of the week going to the quad, uh, uh, quad witch expiration is that low from last week that was made Thursday at 44.83 and a quarter. Uh, that's a good number. We got to uh, 44.95. We are trying to bounce. So that's my major number on the downside. My major number on the upside will be, can the bulls get this market green today? If they can get the market green today, we're only a 10 and a half, 11 handles from that then that will just be, you know, shrugging it off, you know, just like, okay, we had a really good run in the data, but you know what? We're taking a little breather here. So boom, boom, boom. That is what we are looking at. Uh, at 4,500, uh, bulls are trying to support that area. It's not working right now. Any other details on those numbers? Oh, I got you. Let's give a, a nice little summarize here approach. So over the last 12 months, all items increased 3.7. Gasoline was the largest contributor to the monthly increase on all items. Of course, we've been pointing towards that here on pre-market prep. So if you're not catching that, you might not be watching pre-market prep. But shelter index also continuing to rise for the 40th consecutive month. Energy in increase by 5.6% in August. Food index increasing 0.2% with food at home and food away from home both contributing. Uh, all index uh, less than food and energy rose by 0.3% in August. Rent, owners, equivalent rent, motor vehicle insurance and medical care and personal care index also increasing there. Lodging away from home, used cars, trucks. Recreational index actually decreased, which is an interesting outlook there. Over the last 12 months, all items have increased by 3.7. Uh, if you take a look, excluding, of course, food and energy, that's 4.3. Energy index decreased 3.6%, and food index increasing 4.3. Uh, this is the outlook right there, and I, I just went through the whole report and gave you guys the summarized outlook where you get it right here really quickly right after it comes out, of course, Benzinga's pre-market prep. Yeah, well, the bulls the bulls are not going to go down without a fight here. Uh, we are 12 handles off that low, so that that mentality, we talked about that a little bit on the pre-pre-show. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the buy the dippers are at least still lurking out there, at least off yeah. that uh, outside uh, move on the downside. Uh, still comfortably above uh, last week's low as we speak at 44.83 and a quarter. Um, and then on the upside here, you know, can can we get green on the session? So little momentum going to the outside. I'm looking at the stocks. Someone said, oh, the dollar really popped on this. But I'm looking at the buck. I'm looking at the buck futures and still, I mean, they are up on the day, but still need to clear that uh, 105 level. The bonds are pretty much trading where they're at uh, before. Uh, crude has sold off a little bit. We talked about the crude oil market and, you know, how that could uh, be a potential, you know, negative and, you know, and the lag effect. And that's the other thing I think that what uh, Blue mentioned is that, you know, we see crude move up when, you know, when are those crude figures taken? You know, when is it going to flow through to the services industry that uh, that use crude and, and whatnot? So, we're there. We're we're battling. We're trying to get green on the session. Uh, I see Apple still showing a little bit of green after its bad day yesterday. Uh, on days like this, you like to look at uh, your financials. Uh, uh, J.P. Morgan's flat after having a a, a good day yesterday. Um, I see Berkshire Hathaway still trading at a new all time high. Exxon Mobil trying to make a new all time high. So really haven't seen. Uh, a ton of movement in the stocks. The futures did come in, uh, but they they bought they bought the dip. The buy the dip. No, taking still the number lurking. in stride. Taking yeah. the number in stride. So it was a hot number. It wasn't a great number for the bulls. But you know what? The bulls are putting up a stand here, and you've got to respect that. At least so far, the initial move was bought. So early we're six minutes after the report does it continue to get bought that is the question but it's not a good news for the bears 
when you're seeing, you know, nope. bad news get bought. They didn't just hammer it. It wasn't like it was like smoking hot CPIX food energy up 4.3% only. So, I mean, you knock out that energy and obviously it doesn't look nearly as bad. And we all knew energy was going up. So maybe that's why the, the, the bulls have come in to defend this market here right now. But I mean, clearly this market is taking this number in stride. And that's good news. Now, I saw the futures make a pretty good move to the downside here, and I'm just looking at the stocks in relative when, you know, I got at my desk this morning at, you know, uh, you know, 630, and I mean, they're they're kind of still where they're at. Did you see, you had the corresponding move in the futures, but did you see, I mean, was there really a chance to, you know, to, to you know, put some bids out there and buy a good dip? Because just from my observations here, it's like, they just let the futures move and the stocks uh, didn't really react. Stocks always much. lag. I mean, uh -huh. they, this it's all those individual trades that have to happen. So the stocks always lag to a certain extent. But I mean, so far, I would say so good for the bulls. You know, I'm impressed that they bought the dip. So I'm somewhat impressed with the resilience of this bull market, which we've clearly been in here this year. Um, this is impressive as well. We continue to show strength here. So I'm impressed. Yeah, right now I'm looking at least spy levels for me. Can we hold 446 on like a five minute or 15? We're green minute now. Window? We're green. Yeah. We are absolutely green here on yeah, the session. Trying, man. The We're high up. pop on the report there was 446.50s. Let's see if we take that out now. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at uh, the SPs pre market high uh, comes in at 1850. Not not much. I mean, you got some weekly numbers coming in right at forty five twenty. But you know, when you trade to a number so much as you did yesterday in the last couple of days, uh, uh, you know, they lose a little bit of importance. Uh, on the upside, though, I think before you, if you could get super excited about this market, you do have uh, basis the spider and probably uh, basis the S and P's. Uh, you have three highs: uh, one from last week and then two from earlier in the week. But still. Still, still, there's a battleground at unchanged here, at least in the S&Ps. Everyone that uh, uh, did buy the dip there, they're like, yeah, I'll flip it out at, uh, at unchanged. That's right there, right now. Nothing happened. 45, 13, 75, uh, unchanged on the session after a dip and uh, a rebound. I'm waiting about two minutes. I'll have an update for the CME Fed group to see if they're looking at potentially 25 basis points on the upcoming meeting. Of course, prior to this, it was at 92% for nothing. Of course, uh, just a, a pause. We'll see what happens there. Uh, if it does start to get a, a hit down, right? And 25 basis points on the table for this meeting, we'll find out. All right, let's get into maybe some stock action if we want to take a look at it. Let's go back into some of the uh, stock headlines that we have out. Um, there was a pharmaceutical stock that was jumping this morning. Uh, Rocket Pharmaceuticals was jumping, but they also priced a public offering here of 7.812 uh, million shares at the price of $16 per share. Um, there's also pre-funded warrants to purchase 3.126 million of common stock at 15.99 uh, per pre-funded warrant. So looks like this is a really interesting, at least move. Is it still holding up here? Yeah, it's holding up well, up 467. They probably very oversubscribed there at uh, at 16. Uh, they had some good news. I mean, this is what you see. This is what happens with uh, these pharmaceutical companies when they finally get some, you know, approval and they need to fund it, get it out to the market. Uh, I don't follow the stock a lot, so I'll just go to the monthlies, monthly levels here, and we're a ways away. Your June high was a... Uh, 24.53. So that's that'd be a lofty target. First things first, you got to take out the pre-market high at 20.99. Just like we look for the S&Ps on that rally, what could they do at unchanged? And the sellers were there at unchanged. Jay made a good point here about just sucking premium out of the market. And uh, that's probably what you're going to have here ahead of that quad witch on Friday. So whatever shot you took on the options, you know, on the upside or downside, even if you I bet you if you even took some of the the weeklies to the downside here, down five and a half, six handles the way they, you know, jack the premium, you're probably not making too much on them.
big battle here. We'll see I'm, what I'm quiet in the, the background. The, and the Bears will just, take it. I, I, it's really the reason I'm quiet is I've just got too much going on. So you guys That's run okay. with that here. I'll be back. Sure. Okay. It's all good. Right. I mean, he has to pay attention, right? There's a lot of action going on right now, and the market hasn't determined it, I think, here. Uh, that five-minute candle closed at 445.60s. Still looking to see if it can take 446 on a close. All right. Uh, this is going to be an interesting day. I mean, now we got to continue to watch. How are the kind of different areas reacting to this? Let's take a look at different areas, right? Banks has been a concern as of late. How are the banks reacting on this, Joel? Uh, the banks had a good day yesterday. I like to go uh, JP Morgan, full disclosure. I did buy uh, JP Morgan uh, during the bank is banking crisis in March. Uh, still trying to hold on to it in long-term portfolio, have a nice lean on it. Good day yesterday, got some upgrades. So, you know, just, uh, you know, like Dennis mentions, I mean, it's just like, it's just, there's pockets of strength here in the market. It's not like a, it's not like an everyday market where, you know, everything's going up or everything's going down. Uh, a lot of rotation going on. But uh, right now, the uh, the uh, the banks that have, uh, you know, kind of taken a hit seem to be holding up here uh, fairly well. Uh, the whole time, interest rate things to how the banks are going to do. I mean, that's kind of muddled. Uh, Tesla still trading in the green. I know that got the, uh, the Ron Barron pump uh, on CNBC. Uh, did you have any other uh, any news on Tesla? Any other news on Tesla? No, I don't have any other news on Tesla. I'll take a look to see if there's anything else. But uh, it's been on a recent run, has been strong. Can it hang in here? I was looking to see if it could run the 280 just a little while before. But seems like a inside day yesterday. I'll just be paying attention to, you know, Monday's highs and Monday's lows, at least on Tesla. Um, but let's keep going. Let's take a look at what else is going on in the markets here. Uh, Spy is just still battling, right? And now we're going to 445.17s. So will we see a little bit of another leg lower? That's what I'm just paying attention to here. Um, we'll find out, right? Unchanged, I, Mitch. Uh, are you? Is that unchanged on the session? Just like maybe make this a little bit of a yeah. like I, I, you gave the numbers here. Um, and I don't know. You you said four forty five seventeen. When I on days like this, and, and for stocks or futures or whatever you're trading, I mean, there's nothing more important than like the close, right? Anyone that took that, mm -hmm. you know, the spoo's home on the close, a big position. You're marked at thirteen seventy five. After seeing a trade of forty four ninety five, you're looking at that mark as well. We tried to make a new high on the session, so uh, the close on the spider. Uh, for yesterday was 445.99. You did get through it just by a little bit here, 30, 40 cents of, uh, on your parameters. But uh, right now, I mean, it just looks like it's just going to be uh, just a tug of war here between the bulls and the bears once again. Uh, we got the PPI, as Blue mentioned. That's not, you know, the big number was the CPI. And then as I mentioned several times, that quad witch on Friday, along with a little bit of rebalancing. All right, let's get towards uh, maybe a little bit of talk on Apple event highlights. We haven't really touched that yet. We can at least say that we were right on a couple of things that, of course, we had a little speculation talk on the Apple event uh, yesterday. We did talk about potentially the USB-C being revealed. That was revealed. Um, that's a big change, of course, to the ports from the iPhone. Uh, iPhone 15 announced at a starting price of $799. The Pro Max is really what saw a lot of change out there. Um, looks like the features of the 48 megabyte cameras and 3X telephoto cameras, one of the features that people are thinking at least this makes a change. Um, and then the watch had a couple of AI features that were being mentioned, or at least some people are calling it an AI feature because uh, Apple emphasized a neural engine uh, AI in their chip for their watch. Um, and that was helping also Siri, but new double tap features uh, of the Apple watch is one thing that's being called out for AI features. They're just not calling it artificial intelligence. That's what everyone's talking about. And then of course that also helped uh, a new improved find my phone iPhone feature for the <laughs> Apple watch um, because it has two different GPS tracking 
now it's just it uses two of them and that actually uh, gives you a more precise location on that watch so when you lose it you can go find it i do i use i i do use that feature uh, quite a bit and then it's always like right by I me use it all the time ah <laughs> uh, you see you see I, I i got you guys with that feature um so yeah that that's a interesting feature there um of course they talked about eco-friendly materials um but the new Apple Watch is made with 95% titanium. Is that really eco-friendly? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know too much about if that's eco-friendly or not, but 95% titanium. Hey, what do you guys think? I want to know first, everybody out there in our chat, we have a big crowd, right? First, put in there if you have an iPhone or put in there if you have an Apple Watch. I want to see how many of you guys have it. What do you have, Joel? Do you have the iPhone and the watch? Yes, I do. Okay. There I you do. go. I have I neither. I have neither. <laughs> I don't have neither. any smart watches. I have a, a Samsung phone, right? Um, but hey, it's good to see the, the chat and see what you guys are using. Yeah, there are quite a bit here going back and forth. I just I, I want to talk about the price action here in Apple. Mm -hmm. Dennis and I were uh, debating it yesterday. And um I mean, it is, there's a couple different ways that you can look at it. I had the nice run, uh, almost uh, filled the earnings gap and then created another gap from China. I mean, I think this is just going to be, I mean, whether or not I, I win or lose that bet with them. I mean, I, it's just with Apple being the top component in the S&P 500, I mean, this market's got to rally. I mean, I don't, you know, that's just all there is to it. The indications that we're seeing today so far, we're just down a little bit on the week. Um, but I'm just, what I, what right now, what's still keeping me a little bit in the bull camp is that you had that August sell-off, right? And you made a low at 171.96. And then China threw everything at them that, that they can, right? Uh, that was last week. You had the down day. And you made a higher low there by over two bucks. So to me, the, the dip was bought. Not a bad day yesterday. I feel a heck of a lot more confident if we could clear 180 and put it at 180 as a bid. And then that will just like, you know, that will just take out, you know, forget about what China did and forget about the Apple event. You know, you had the, you know, the, um, you know, the news and everything Do the bulls, do the bulls have enough to take this back over 180, hold 180 and then get back up to, you know, uh, well, last week's high was closer to 190 uh, at 189.98. But uh as far as, you know, technically here after all the news, the fact that it made a, you know, a higher low after that August low, uh, it kind of makes me feel okay about that. But I don't know about going to a new all-time high, 200. I think, I think this could be one of those bets where Dennis and I are talking about it for a long time. So that's what I'm looking at. In Apple, Apple's up 52 cents. Uh, that, that was green this morning, and uh, it's still green now. S&P is trying to get back to unchanged again. Well, I can at least tell you that that's probably the most answers I've ever gotten from the chat. So wake up out there, guys. I like to see you guys answer. And we had a lot of iPhones and both there. So uh seems like um, Apple's still in the forefront, right? This is the reason why I stopped betting bearish against Apple because moments like Everyone this. Everyone has one. You know, that's I just, why. That's yeah. why. You know what I mean? It's until that changes, until we start to see like maybe a 50-50 split, Joel, I think we still see Apple just continue its its merry path, right? It, yep. it just seems like it. And and I think that also plays into ETF effects and it's in so many portfolios and outlooks like that. Um, one stock that continues to make a move that it did a, a little bit of a pullback yesterday is Intel. It's still on my radar, Joel. Yep. What do you think about that stock? Yeah, uh, well, we had, uh, I was I was reviewing uh, some of the technical levels that uh, that we gave uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just short term, uh, you know, we, we had that primary focus at the 3875 area. And it got through there, got through there nicely. 
that round number of 40 uh, turned out to be a good number, 40.07. Of course, you had market dynamics, uh, you know, working against it with the sell-off. But what I like to see after a move like this is, are the bulls willing to support this now at the old resistance? You came up back over 40 bucks. You traded down 16 cents on the session in order really to mount another leg higher in this and put 40 in the rearview mirror. I think it's very important to establish a bid here right at the area that we're trading at. I know we're trading down 16 cents at 38.70. Had a little dip on the number, uh, but as you can see, you know, 34, we're just going back a little bit. You had 34, you had a couple highs in that area. You busted through it, found support there the next day, and then continued to move higher. So uh, it was a good level going up, playing it on the upside, and now coming back, old resistance, looking to be new support. The other technical formation that we discussed yesterday uh, was this uh, Schlumberger. And uh, boom, mm -hmm. 6140. Uh, you had three out of four highs in that area. Uh, open had a little dip off the open, but if you were using that area when it finally got through there, uh, it did around noon. And once it got there through noon, uh, it had a good day. So oil helping that out. SPs now green on the session here. Twice so dipped, twice dip bought. There is people hungry below. They just can't break it. Like inflation, we don't care. Overvalued stocks, we don't care. We don't care that, you know, we have alternatives. They just try to continue to buy the dip. So yeah. why they continue to buy the dip? Because it just has been working. And I mean, they continue to do what's working. That's what we're seeing here again. Relentless buy the dip. As you guys can see, the probabilities here for the CME going to 95% for the pause, 5%. Uh -huh. So if anything, it went down there with that report. Now that's a little bit confusing, but hey. It is what it is, right, guys? The number so wasn't that hot. I mean, when you take out, like, the, the food and the energy, it came in in line. And we all knew energy was going up. That's what the bulls are going to talk about today. Okay. That's going to be the talk of, you know, why this market is shrugging this number off and trying to rally, is that we all knew energy was higher. We all knew that was going to pick it up. And you take out those numbers, and the inflation wasn't was right in line. I think I, at least I uh, I still see a little bit of battling. We'll see if we can actually start holding this 446. Still holding the range in the pre-market, at least on the SPY. Oh, yeah. Um, still rage-bound, chop-fast, chop-city here. but uh, Very uh, choppy. Yeah. So far, I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen at 930 when you know, yeah. a lot more liquidity comes in. But, uh, you know, right now that, you know, I uh, was hoping for maybe to get a look at last week's low, but I guess uh, other people can look at the charts as well. We've really been trying stuck to find in patterns here. here too. Just saying, huh. trying to find patterns. Often, you know, you're looking, and I look at the 500, and I've got the colors going. Obviously, with <laughs> green and red, just seeing the percentages here. And I'm looking for patterns. Oil has been up all morning. It has been relentlessly bid, never, never ticked red. The banks have been strong all morning here too. And the banks are starting to get bought. So you're seeing a little bit of strength in banks. You're seeing strength in oil. You're seeing tech relatively weak, but then there's pockets that are coming up. Apple's green now, Microsoft's green. It's kind of starting to go a lot more green than red. I would say if I'm looking at the stocks, I'm seeing a lot more green than red here now. Where before, obviously, if we talked 10 minutes ago, it was all trying to bleed a little bit. Now we're definitely going green. We're still relatively flat on the S&P, only up 0.05%. But they are taking this number in stride. And they are definitely feeling like there's more buyers and sellers, at least at this moment in time. All right. Now, one headline that we didn't touch that I want to make sure we cover is Moderna, of course, getting an increase because of the CDC uh, latest recommendation. The CDC now advising all American ages six months and older to receive an updated COVID vaccines from both Moderna and Pfizer. So if you're wondering why those stocks were up, now you got the answer. Uh, also, you got a little bit of a, a Ron Barron uh, pump on this one, too. Yep, yep. And uh, I, I noticed that, Mitch, you, you know, you picked up mm -hmm. uh, you picked up that as well. I mean, <laughs> that is, I'll, I'll just say, uh, basis, the daily charts, I see room up to 117.5, 118. I just, 
so hard when these things get going in one direction. I mean, I'm just, I'm maybe the right thing to do is fade it, but man, oh man, you could just get run over on these kind of moves. A lot so of these just, stocks are massively oversold here too, is one thing to consider. I mean, like Moderna's been just in this relentless downtrend for years, years now, two years since we topped out during COVID has just been relentless. It's coming to value. But again, you know, how much is priced in? We know the COVID shots are going to be less than they were in the past. But, you know, is it all priced in at $100? Ron Barron thinks so. That's a big vote of confidence him coming in, you know, and saying it on CNBC that he said it was a small position, but that he's in there. Um, but I think you just get into a situation where a lot of these stocks, again, move away from your mega cap tech. It just, there hasn't been a lot of participation here, even IWM. I mean, we're back down here. Near the lows, we're not super expensive there. I, you know, in the long-term portfolio, I have some IWM. I mean, it's just a tale of two markets. It's been <laughs> a tale of two markets for the longest time. You've got those seven leaders, and then you have a lot of tech stocks that really bounced back in 2023. And then you have a lot of other stocks that just haven't participated. Is it their time? I mean, IBM has had a relentless bid here. You know, Berkshire Hathaway is making new all-time highs every day. I'm just going to mention that. On. It just goes up every day. Like it's just, it's honestly maybe the simplest trade out there is Byberg. I don't know why it goes up every day, regardless of what the market does, but it just goes up every day, regardless of what the market does. It's still a market stock, you know, full of stocks. Like it's a, it's a, it's, it's a fun, full of stocks, full of private companies that'll trade like stocks if they could trade publicly, but it goes up every day. So, and then, you know, Lily, to your point this morning, there's another oh. stock that just seems to go up every day. But, you know, is it time for some of the leaders to become laggers or laggards to become leaders? Maybe. Is that moving, Lily? One of them, I, I, for a large cap It's stock, got to be one of the most incredible just moves. put the salt on the Mitch, wounds, man. Me and Money Mitch hate this Salt on the we wounds. Talked about it at, we talked about it at 320, 315, 310. We didn't buy it. It's 600 now. It, it doubled. Long the stock, term. Lily, Lily. Yeah, but you guys would have been. tech you, stock. Oh. You guys would have been out, though. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, you guys probably. Would, you, you yeah, yeah, you're right. We don't you're right. Well you're right, Joe. Sure. I couldn't be able to hold on to this. You're right. We suck at holding. Just, I just want to mention here that know you, you know how I like to you know, keep track of the top components of the index, and I've been doing yeah. that for years, the movers. Lily, it, it snuck in there, Dennis. It snuck in there at number 10. It uh, Really? Was, yeah. Has it ever been a top 10 I, component in the S&P? No. No, nope. I don't think so. No, nope. no. Nope. And that and, you know, and the other thing, too, I mean, do you want to be short to saying when they split like uh, 10 for one or something like that? Yeah. I mean, you know what they'll <laughs> do to that and announce a buyback. You get your face ripped off again. Uh, but um, all right. 859, Mitch, time to uh, time to wrap things up on this Thursday. What uh, what do you got for us? All right. Well, we'll just keep watching. Uh, I think everyone's just going to watch to see what we actually get out of 930, right? Of course, we got inflation to come in tiny bit hot on some readings. Um, I'm just going to continue to watch to see what happens at the open. I think that nobody really knows right now. The battle's on. They're trying to hold 446. That's what I'll be watching on the spy to see if we can get up there to 447, start making a move. And then overall, I'm looking still at energy to see if that can continue to move. That's definitely on my radar. So if you guys want to take a look at those actions, you guys can come over, of course, on to live trading. Any outlook for you guys that you guys want to wrap up with? Chop. I think you're going to see a lot of chop. I think the algos don't know what to do with this number. I think a lot of money managers don't know what to do with this number. I think you have a lot of chop in store. And I think that's going to be for the foreseeable future. We predicted that a week and a half ago, and that has actually been the case. We've had a lot of real chop here. So on individual stocks, it's been choppy. I think you're in just for this, you know, where we're going to have a big battle between the bulls and the bears. The bulls are, we don't care if, you know, there's certain stocks that are overvalued. We're buying them anyways. And, you know, we're going to, you know, just, you know, we're, we've beaten inflation and the Fed's not going to raise rates. We're getting towards the end. And the bears are going to keep leaning on that. It's been seven or eight stocks that have carried most of this market. And that the bears uh, and that the Fed, you know, is still fighting the battle of, of inflation. So I think you've got a big battle here. And I think the end result is going to be a lot of chop, meaning you're fading moves. And if you've been fading this morning, you've been killing it as a day trader this morning because down, up, down, up, down, up. Why can't we do that for the foreseeable future? I predict sideways chop. Uh, it just for me to get on a super bullish train here, it's not as illustrated well because there was an interday high 
at the 45.40 area, but that stopped us cold on uh, on Monday and Tuesday. So I'm not going to get uh, you know in the I will not declare a major victory for the bulls until we can clear that area uh, and settle above it. And then on the downside, uh, last week's low. I mean, they tried to get it to there this morning. They couldn't. Uh, that will be the key for more room to the downside and maybe another look at 4,500, uh, or excuse me, at uh, uh, 4,450. Well, 4,400 was actually the low of the move. But uh, you know what? We'll we'll clear things up tomorrow at uh, 8.15 again. We're going to bring on Mr. Mark Chaikin and uh, see what he thinks of the numbers. All right, team, I want to tell you guys of an event that's coming up here for Benzinga. Don't miss it, of course, the Digital Assets, the Future of Digital Assets event. Web3 leaders and investors coming to meet Wall Street firms charting the future of digital assets. Leaders charting the course, of course, for 2023. Web3 project founders, cutting edge hedge funds, crypto whales, early adopters. You guys don't want to miss it. Of course, the Future of Digital Assets event. 